think it's important just to point your compass towards joy. And play like you, be like you, and don't overthink it. Twitch and then but you don't know really know how and then now it's kind of like I think I'm just speaking for you but I think you're kind of missing that live feel of touring because you had it for the last six weeks or whatever and so you've told me that you want to start streaming on YouTube or Twitch first of all have you decided on a platform or are you going to do both simultane- simultaneously that's a big word um first of all I forgot we were recording I didn't know we were recording yet we're in <laughs> we're in, we're in. Oh, mate. welcome into drum with Mike and Eddie episode 143. What platform will Eddie choose? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, what's up, people? Um, so first of yeah, Twitch. I yeah, you nailed it on the head. I missed that performance like element to drumming already, and I've only just been back from tour for like three weeks or four weeks or whatever, um, and only been home for a few days after being here, which probably gave you. I mean, a live drum camp gives you that feel times a hundred. You know? Oh my god, yeah, massively. And I think like Instagram doesn't give me that feel because you can just go again you can go again and no matter how many times you say right I'm turning on the camera and whatever happens happens and I'm leaving it in you just don't do you know what I mean you go through and you're like I could do that better so I will do that again or that was the best bit I kind of like the idea of just playing allowing mistakes to happen playing some music you don't know people watching live and then using that as the content. So yeah, I'm going, I'm going to go for it, mate. I'm going to go for it. Eddie, the Twitch streamer is coming, mate. (laughs) Wow. So you think Twitch over YouTube right now, or at least to get started? I think, um, yeah, I I think so. And then I'll probably eventually do it on YouTube as well, but I'll probably start. Yeah, I think that's a good call for, for, I think the community on Twitch is used to seeing what you want to do in different, you know, different genres. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you right now, I've never seen anything happen live on YouTube and I can, I consume so much YouTube and I've never seen anything live. And and when I go live on YouTube, the numbers are decent, but I mean, there's nothing to be, freak out and be like, Oh, this is the missing part to my channel. Mm. And the engagement really is like kind of okay, but not like Twitch. I mean, Twitch was built for live streaming and to have that a little bit of that high wire act where yeah. I'm tuning in to see if Eddie's going to train wreck this song. I'm tuning in to see if my favorite guitarist can actually play the thing from the album. You know yeah. what I mean? It, exactly. And it's, it's funny you say that. I, I consume YouTube every single day, multiple times a day. And I've never seen anyone go live on there. It's weird, right? Like, because when I go live, I'm wondering, how did you guys find out about this? Because no one's telling me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on Instagram, it does say, like, Eddie Thrower's going live. Mm-hmm. But not on YouTube. I never see that. Maybe because I don't use a lot of YouTube mobile. Maybe that's why. Like, most yeah. of my YouTube is really on my TV in my mm-hmm. living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Yeah, it's weird, man. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go wow. um, Congrats. go Twitch, mate. And, and Harry Younger, shout out Harry Younger. Everyone knows him now. Um, from yep. the podcast. Um, he's, he's coming over. Than both of us. Yeah, exactly. He's coming over in a couple of days and we're going to set up the old stream and set up and see how it nice. goes, man. And then, and also as well, man, it's accountability. Like, all right, I'm going live on this date. I've got to do it. And then I've got to practice. So I'm not rubbish. And then I've, I have a reason to play for me with the drums. Um, and we spoke about this when I was with you at your, at, at the camps we just did. Like I need, valid valid reasons to like get better at the kit i can't just be yeah. like oh i'm gonna practice because i want to get better i kind of need right. reasons to get better and that sounds weird but especially now being playing drums my whole life it's like 
if I'm going to learn a little jazz lesson, there's got to be a reason why I'm doing that. Not just because I want to learn jazz. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it doesn't sound weird to me because I, you know that I'm in the exact same boat. I think it sounds weird to people that are in the middle of uh, maybe the first 10 years of their journey. And what you need to understand is we did feel exactly like you. Like we couldn't wait for the school bell to ring so we could race home and play our drums before our parents came home, full volume, whatever it was. Like we were fully obsessed. But Eddie and I have been doing this for almost our entire lives. So eventually that obsession for growth and practice kind of fades away and you find it in different areas. You want to grow your business. You want to grow your brand. You want to grow just even how you interact with human beings. But the obsession of growth, at least for me, definitely wore off. And then I do need a reason like a drum festival, uh, a camp. Um, You know, right now we're getting ready to launch or, or not launch, but start filming jazz sessions. Well, I can't film them right now because I'm not very good at jazz. I grew up playing the stuff. Yeah. I was obsessed with it. And then I let that skill set die. Well, now I'm actually on my bop kit every single day playing to Miles Davis tracks and John Coltrane tracks. And I'm trying to get not the independence. I have jazz independence. I'm trying to get the feel back of yeah. like, okay, well, I don't want to sound like a guy with tribal tats playing jazz. I want it to sound right. And the only way to do that is not to wish for it, not to hope for it, but to get off your ass and go do it and sit on the kit. But I wouldn't do it just because of the fact that I'm not very good at jazz. Oh man, That's not enough of a reason for me. There has to be like some. So I think you having that, hey, I'm going live at 7 p.m. tonight, British time. That's such a reason to not suck. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because people, <laughs> those people butterflies. I, I haven't downloaded Twitch and consumed it, but I imagine it's kind of like you get like any social media platform. You get the people that are a fan of what you're doing and how yeah. you're doing it. But then you also get the people that don't mind giving you a little rib or a little roast, which is which I'm up for. Um, but mate, I was going to say, like, you know, with the camps you do. Uh, yeah. Congrats on selling out another eight camps in in thank you sir twelve thank minutes you, sir. or whatever it was. <laughs> it was pretty quick. Yeah, like it was so quick that I didn't have time to make the third graphic. That like okay, now they're all sold out. I was like, I'm I'm good. I'm sure people can assume that it's done. Yeah, I um, scrolled down my feed, saw the poster, liked it, refreshed the feed again, saw the new poster. It was that quick. You know what I mean? It was like okay, they're gone. Um, okay, that's a, that happened. But does yeah, that does that quick. force you to? get better or practice the instruments because you're teaching? That's a good question. Yes, uh, definitely for the advanced camps. So my goal for my own personal practice is that the advanced camps are usually set around, I write the curriculum of where I want to be six months from now. And then knowing that I have to, but it's all stuff that I usually can't do. It's, it's, it's 10% outside of my capabilities. Yeah. And then I spend the six months trying to master it to the point that I could sit up on stage and speak freely and play all this stuff. So, yeah, the camps definitely are a way for me to set my own bar for the next six months to a year. Uh, But it's I mean, camp one advanced. I always feel bad for those guys because they're like, don't worry, we'll wait while you figure this out. I'm just sitting up there like, give me a second. Guys. Not now. Let me just give me one second. I can do this. And I sound like a camper. I'm up on stage going, I can do this. Just give me one more try. Um, so, yeah. So, and that's usually the smack in the face that like, hey, you didn't put the work in. Hmm. And if I have an advanced camp, number one, that goes really well for me, that's such a, a 
I don't know, just a beautiful feeling of like, okay, that's what happens when you put the work in, like you get better. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Cause I, I always feel like that in lessons, you know, when like uh, someone sits down and they're incredible and they're just like, you're like, Oh, I just have a little warm up. And they're like, Brrr, and you're like, Oh my oh God. So like my Here biggest fear is being in a situation where I can't help someone. So it's like, it's not necessarily being better at everything, but being at the point where like you can, okay, you want to work at independence. Well, I know that's not my strong point, but I do have some exercises that have helped right. me. Do you know what I mean? So teaching forces me to practice, man, forces me. Cause I, I would hate to be that guy that is like, yeah, you're good. You just want to jam. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never want no, to do I mean, that. That's, that's the tough thing with advanced drummers is the fact that, you know, you have to, as an educator, admit, be willing to admit, there's a decent chance that this person or this group of people are far superior to you at some element of this instrument. And that happens in every advanced camp. I can see it within the first 10 seconds of everyone showing up and getting sticks in their hands. I'm like, oh, that guy's clear. He clearly did marching corps. Like yeah. I can hear in his hands that dude's hands make mine look like they're just made out of Play-Doh. Uh, but I can't be intimidated by that. I have to think, well, then if that person put that much work into their hands and I put a lot into mine and he's he or she is far superior to me, then they must have ignored something else. Yeah. It's my job to find the imbalances to say, OK, you've got literal marching hands, mm -hmm. but the feel of what's being played, you spent too much time doing it perfect. And now there's no humanity to it. So maybe that's my avenue with that person. Um, so it's just unlocking doors for advanced drummers, but the first step really is being okay with the fact that they might be quite a bit better than you at something. Yeah. And that's okay. That's not, your job isn't to be better than them. Your job is to find the imbalances in their drumming and especially the ones that relate to their dreams and their goals. Mm -hmm. And maybe, especially for people that are coming to you, maybe there are no imbalances. Maybe they're actually that good. And the imbalance is they're not very good at the social side of the game and they don't know how to speak to other people. And that's the reason they don't have a gig is because they don't know how to network. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, man. It's, um, what's really cool yesterday. I had like a full day of lessons and I had like a couple people come back and this is their like fourth or fifth lesson. And, um, like you said, like they're good players, man. And, and now I'm getting to really like hone in on the areas that they're playing that they've haven't spent time on and that I know they want to spend time on because they want to be a session player or this, that, and the other. So now yeah. we're really getting to like dig deep into like small areas of their drumming that you don't get to necessarily notice within one hour or even two hours of just hanging out with them. And that's, that's a question I had for you actually. And I feel like a lot of drum teachers listening to this will be able to relate. Um, within one lesson, like I have a lot of people who come to me for one lesson because they're either traveling from far and they can't do it all the time or whatnot. It's difficult to, within that lesson, find the weak areas of them, of them playing and really go in on it. Do you, do you ever think like, do you ever find it hard within that first lesson? Or let's say you just know you have one lesson with them to discover those weak areas and then how much to go into it? Because you've only got the one hour. You want to... You you want to leave them feeling buzzed and, and you know, yeah. you want to show them a bunch of stuff because you've only got that one hour, that one hour might be it for life. Um, so it's actually quite a hard thing sometimes I think for the teacher to like really discover the weak areas of someone's playing within the hour and then how much to go into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the, and the hundred percent, those weaknesses have to relate, like I said, to their dreams and their goals, because 
that's what I found from talking to students that went to go see their dream teacher. Like, hey, I had a private lesson with my hero. A lot of times the hero just made sure that the student knew you can't do this. And it's like, okay, great. Like, dude, I can't do basic magic tricks. I can't play cards. I don't think I could ride a unicycle. It's not hard to find stuff that I can't do. Yeah. What you have to do is find what I can't do that relates to my dreams and to my goals. And that's the much harder part um, because I think people will feel buzzed while also being defeated by what they couldn't do. They'll feel excited if they know that that thing is what's stopping them from moving forward with what they want to do. Yeah. Um, And so that's really important. So that, you know, for me, the, a one hour one off lesson starts with a, a quick conversation of just, okay, well, what, you know, what are your dreams? What do you, what do you want to do with this instrument? Then the other thing is asking, be honest with me, be very realistic. What is your, op, what's your practice schedule? Like, what can you really get in? Because we need to set some expectations. If you can only do 45 minutes on Saturday versus, Hey, I'm retired and I can do two hours a day and four hours on the weekends. Well, great. That's, that's a very different situation for me to deal with as an educator. And then the next thing is just trading fills every time. And that's the one thing mm-hmm. I know that can be tough in your studios because you only have one kit, but there might be a situation where there's probably enough room in there for a second kick snare hat setup yeah. where they could be on your main kit and you're just keeping time for them and you're just trading fills. Cause you are, you know, you and I do the kick snare hat thing a lot when we do our podcast dates. Um, you know, you can do, you can rip some sauce on kick snare hats, <laughs> but give them the full kit so that they're not disadvantaged. They have no excuses. They've got everything. Um, but trading fills with somebody is just such an easy way to be like, okay, got it. So you never use your kick drum in fills. Oh yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or, Oh wow. You really, you really don't like triplets. Do you? Cause we were, we were there for 10 <laughs> minutes and I heard nothing but 16th. Then you skipped the triplets and went straight to 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think trading fills for about, you know, three to five minutes tells me everything I need to know about what they've put their time into because they're going to do their coolest stuff. So it's like, okay, you clearly put some time into that. Fantastic. But I haven't heard. So, and then a lot of times if whatever I haven't heard, then I won't really say, I bet you can't do this. I'll say, all right, let's do that same thing. But now all the fills need to be triplet based mm-hmm. um, or all the fills need to involve the bass drum in some way or form. And maybe when they bring the bass drum in, it's always with a symbol. And I go, got it. So you've never learned how to play any linear stuff. You mm-hmm. can play kick, but it has to go with your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, and then once I point that out, I'll say, is this something that you feel is a weakness or in, you know, if somebody said, I don't know, I want to be, a jazz drummer. I wouldn't really be bummed that their straight time funk grooves weren't all that great. It's like, honestly, man, if if that's not where you're headed, that's fine. So yeah, for me, it starts with a basic conversation. Just what are your dreams and hopes? How much time do you have to practice? Let's trade some fills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think a kick snare hat setup there would be really cool for you. Yeah. I think I'm actually going to do that tomorrow. Just nice. like you said, you nice. can, you can, you know, it, that when I get this built again like the new one I'm going to do a little corner shelf I was actually having a conversation with yesterday about it but yeah I think two kits is it's an amazing way of also like feeling time and dynamics and volume and all that kind of stuff man so totally. so yeah man I mean mate Flippinell talking about jamming we we just we just did two back-to-back camps oh man and <laughs> I don't think anyone well they'll know by the time they hear this because they'll have heard the live podcast but yeah. And then you did your first full day of a camp by yourself yep. when I said, T, ref, t- time out. I, 
I think I'm going to barf. Um, <laughs> that was a hell of a, a that was, thing. That was um, ridiculous. <laughs> just me on the couch, FaceTiming you. You got this, buddy. Okay, just remember, you got to let them pee. They can't play forever. You have to let them pee. Mate, I, I remember thinking in that moment. So basically Mike got, what was it? Like a food poisoning or a bug? I would or? say a stomach bu- a stomach flu because I was out for about two days. Yeah, you were, you were bad, mate. You were bad. Anyway, Mike powered through, came in the morning, classic, like 5, 6 a.m. or whatever. And I walked into the studio about like half eight, nine. And I was like, you're right, mate. And you were sort of like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Let's go. And I sort of turned around and went, Woo! Well, I I don't know if you are, but we'll we'll go with the flow. And I said, Mike, like if you need to go at any point today, just let me know. Anyway, you powered through. You did your morning lessons, and then lunchtime came, and I you were your body was like yeah. out for the count. I was like, Hey, is it normal for my face to be gray? <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, but so yeah, we did two camps. Uh, they were. It was it was so much fun to finally have our curriculum be connected. It yeah. was so different than any camp I've ever done because I've done camps with Matt and JP. I've obviously done 21 drums with Mark and Ash many times. I've done camps here or I did a camp with Carter um, and they've all been great. But it it's always been what you would expect. Like, hey, I'm going to teach you something. And now Ash Stone's going to teach you something. But for for our classes to be literally interwoven like. I'm going to teach you how to play the verse. Then Eddie's going to track you playing the verse and he's mm-hmm. going to coach you along. Then I'm going to teach you the chorus. Then Eddie's going to track you playing the chorus and show you how he played it. Like, man, it was just, it was so much fun to teach because there was no, is, you know, is my class more impactful than Eddie's? Is Eddie's class more impactful? It's like, well, they're the same thing. Yeah, we're just yeah. trying to get these students to achieve one specific goal and we're putting our, you know, our powers together to do it. It was, that was douchey. Uh, we're putting our, 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 our skills, our lacking skills together. It was amazing. man. like genuinely I got, I got real bad, um, uh, camp blues, post camp blues. I was uh, so PCD, sad. Post camp depression. I was so, so sad. Cause like in a California as well, it was sunny and mate, the weather here, I'm shaking as we speak right now, even though the heating's on. It is cold. Really? It is rainy, oh. and um, and yeah, it, like the 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 difference between the first camp and the second camp, and now this third one, it was crazy, man. I, I really, really enjoyed it, and I think from for me personally, like, um, it was just it was just so nice to be like, cool, this this works, and people are enjoying it, and that's all that that's all that you care about when you're teaching. Are people learning, and are people enjoying it? Great, win win. Let's go. A hundred percent. And they just achieved both groups of camps just achieved so much. And by the end it was like, man, this is, this is really cool. And they learned, I mean, cause we're probably not going to do the same thing next year. So I don't think it's a problem to announce what we did, but they learned to not take simple things for granted because yeah. on the last day they had to track Mbop, the, the re-recorded busted version. And it's like, dude, I could do that in my sleep or not. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and and it, and it was it was more challenging than probably what they would have assumed. And I remember telling some of the guys from the second camp, "You will never go into a grocery store or an elevator or a restaurant that's playing music and assume that you could have done this thing that you're listening to this easy little tune on the radio right now. You'll never think again. Oh, I could have done that. It's like I'm telling you, tracking the easiest thing in the world." is harder than practicing the hardest thing in the world. Yeah, it's like, oh, mate. 
massively. Tracking simple stuff, it's like every single note is under a microscope. Yeah, and exactly, man. You know, and producers, you know, they were very fortunate that their producer, in this case, you, happened to be a drummer that could speak to them like a drummer. But most producers can't. And they just say, uh, let's just do the verse again. And you're like, hey, could you give me some hints on why we're doing it again? Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. I nailed it. Well, they're like, and they're like, no, no, no. I, 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 I think you got another take in you. Yeah. Like, and what? they're like, what does that mean? What, what happened to the hi-hats? And you're like, <laughs> I, um, what do you mean? What? I was, they just sound different. And what they mean oh. is you're playing them different. Do you know what I mean? And it was wicked, man. Because like you said at the in a one-to-one lesson where you sort of, you jam with the student, it's like when you get someone recording, it's the same situation because you discover little pockets of your playing that you need or didn't know you needed help with. Do you know what I mean? And everyone has them, no matter if you're the best drummer in the world. And that's the really cool thing about recording. It's like, oh, the kick pattern's changed. Oh, you you, you had no idea because that's just muscle memory talking. So it was wicked because, you know, you would do your thing, I would do mine. But then after both those things, there'll be a whole new thing to talk about at lunchtime or at dinner time because they've discovered a part of their playing they didn't know they either had, which they were stoked on or they needed to work on. So it was wicked, mate. I loved yeah. it, man. Loved it. I think we, we had some really advanced drummers here, especially in that first camp that had that light bulb moment of like, oh man, okay. I, th- I, th- man, I could have sworn that I've been doing this right the whole time. But if this is happening here on the first song we did, which was meet you there, then the second song, which was Mbop, it's like, well, this is a thing, man. This happens every time you play. Mm-hmm. You've just either been surrounded by musicians that didn't even notice it themselves because they were so nervous on their instruments or they just didn't want to rock the boat. So they didn't bring it up to you. Yeah. But yeah. we're being paid to bring this stuff up to you and say, look, this is the difference between, I mean, you and I know if we go to a wedding, um, cause you and I go to a lot of weddings together, <laughs> uh, for the free food. Oh my God. Free food. Hold on. <laughs> Tangent alert. Uh, do I have? I don't think I have any alarm bells. But so I was at the grocery store yesterday and I'm behind um, an older guy and his wife. And I keep hearing him say something about demos. And I it's you know, that word for us means a very different thing. And, and he's like, well, I, 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 I read that there would be demos. And he was like starting to get a little heated. And he said, well, I, I need to speak to your manager. And I was like, dog, you're buying two bottles of water. Can you just I, I got places to be. Yeah. So. My man's getting fired up. So he gets the, the manager out here and he's like, oh, the, the, the demos and says, I'm like, is he tracking? What is he talking about demos? And then the, the manager's like, sir, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know where you read it. He's like, I read it in the newspaper. And his like jowls are starting to shake and he's getting red. And then so they finally get him to move on. And I'm like, what was that all about? And the lady that told me, she's like, he thought there'd be food samples. Like there's a, a little hot dog company that was supposed to do food samples down like aisle two, but it was at a different. So the dude drove down to buy two bottles of water and basically go down the aisles and get free food. Oh, Just a little my. hot dog, little weenies. And he was hot. He was like, oh, how dare you not have the demos? It was in the newspaper. Oh, so anyways, my God. there you go. A Karen for Moving you. on. Well, a male Karen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly uh and i felt bad for his wife because she just had her head down in shame she's like honey and i want if i would have known i'd have been like dog i'll i'll buy you a, a bag of hot dogs and we, i'll open it right here <laughs> i'll put them on little little toothpicks whatever you yeah. need like, i'll buy you the hot dogs mate. can we just speed this up do you know what i mean yeah what, whatever whatever yeah. you need anyways moving on uh so i will say that the two camps were amazing we will definitely be doing mike and eddie camps in the in 2024 
hopefully one in the UK, but uh, not positive about that yet. And then definitely two back here in Folsom. So we'll keep you guys posted. You'll find out about the dates on this podcast. Now let's move on to our main topic. Oh, by the way, I did want to tell you on the topic of Twitch and stuff. I do have one streamer for you to check out a drummer that I really, I just think he does things the right way. I think that his content is impeccable. Um, like everything he does, I'm just like, yeah, man, doing it the right way. And his approach was, I'm going to learn jazz in front of all of you. Wow. I don't know how to play jazz, but I'm going to learn jazz. And he's actually a pretty legit jazz drummer now, but he's been Twitch streaming every day for, or, you know, I don't know if every day, but almost every day for a few years, learning jazz in front of people. That's and now sick. he can really play. Um, so his name is Dan Stone, um, but it would be under Dan Drum Stone. Um, his Twitch stream is... Let's see, twitch.tv slash dandrumstone. Oh, yeah, I've got him. Mate, what what a cool concept. Yeah, again, it's going back to what I said about accountability. It's like, you know, oh my and God. And I don't know if that would have worked on YouTube or Instagram. It works on Twitch, you know. Um, he's got his pillar setup. Oh my God, I was, his video is like... <laughs> yeah, don't get intimidated. The dude's pretty good at video. Um, wow. Yeah, this is sick, mate. Thanks for sharing this guy, mate, because um, this is exactly what I need. I might have to slide in the DMs, mate, and be like, Danny boy, <laughs> talk to me, mate. How are you doing this? Yeah, he's he's a really he's a really good dude. I'm uh, I, I'm I'm a fan of his approach to all of this. So if you guys don't follow Dan Stone yet, please do on Instagram and on Twitch. He's just he's one of the good guys. Uh, all right. So moving on to our main topic. This is something that you and I talked about uh, the other day, but we have a very different approach to it or a very different take on it than anything that you and I hear in the world, which is it takes money to make money. And that makes plenty of logical sense to both of us for Paragon. It takes money to make money. Well, if we can order more shoes with money, we can sell more shoes and make more money. And then that money gives us more money to buy more shoes. It Mm -hmm. makes sense with uh, especially with rudimental. I pay so much. I pay more for my tins than I do the actual matcha in the tins because I don't order enough of them. I order like a hundred at a time because that's all I'm, I can sell. Um, but if they said, well, yeah, but if you order 2000, we could cut the cost in half. And it's like, well, I don't have the money to order 2000. Mm-hmm. So, so my profit will always be very low because I don't have the money in the rudimental account to, and, and I don't have the demand. I, I yeah. wouldn't be able to sell 2,000 tins of matcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you guys bought 3,000 pairs of Jordans, you you know, you might not have the demand to sell them and now you're sitting on them. So yeah. I understand the whole money. It takes money to make money, but it doesn't work that way in our world. If you gave, if I gave you 20 grand right now as a creator, just as a gift, what's going to happen? What are you going to buy? Another You get free drums and free cymbals or, or you know, we get discounts on everything or free stuff going to buy a new camera. That's not going to make you any more money. And Mm -hmm. you and I talked about this when you were here because my dream location came up for lease or for rent while you were here at camp. You ran in and said, dude, I saw a for rent sign. I was like, you got to be kidding. We've been talking about this for years. I called. It was pretty close to 10 grand a month. And you and I got kind of excited and we started workshopping it. And then I sat down and said, I don't think I could make any more money by having twice the square footage. I don't Mm want to I don't want to bring in more campers like I could make more money by having more campers. But then the camp experience gets watered down and diluted because 
now I'm trying to keep track of 20 people instead of 10 people or instead of eight people. Um, so for us, we kind of, st- I guess, found a different approach, but it does take money to make money. So do you want to kind of break it down a little bit, what we were talking about? Yeah. I mean, mate, this was like a light bulb moment moment for me in um in our voice notes the other day, because we were, I can't remember what specifically we were talking about, but as our voice notes do, we sort of go from here, there and everywhere. And they're like five minutes of just, just bliss. It's just great. It's just talking to your drum mate <laughs> who gets it and no one else does. Your wife or husband are sat there thinking, oh my God, what is he going on about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you sort of... Um, Oh, we were we were talking about like this year for me and to be transparent this year for me has um been you know I've made money on the drums and like the year before and the year before that especially in lockdown I stopped my membership like I stopped doing all of that to so I could play the drums for longer I started to resent the kit for the first time ever anyway I stopped making money on the kit essentially only from like the odd clinic here and there and the odd, odd masterclass or lesson but this year has been totally different. Like I recorded the album for Busted. I went on tour with Busted. There's shows this month, camp. there's shows next month. The camp, I'm going all in on lessons. I'm teaching all the time at the minute. I did six lessons yesterday. Um, wow. Anyway, the point is, is that I've made money um, from the drums. And now it's like, it, it. what that equals for me isn't just to sit back and go, great, I've got some money in the bank account. Lovely. What it equals is time and zero pressure and inspiration and energy and all the other things that you need to be able to then make more money on the kit. You need to get better, but you can't practice if you have no time or you're not inspired. You need to make content really. It's a necessary evil for those who don't enjoy it, but for those who do, it's wicked. But you need to make content. You can't make content if you're not inspired to play the drums and you haven't practiced in a while. And the list goes on and on and on with teaching drums. You can't really, every drum teacher in the world, no matter if it's your professional side hustle or whatever, everyone's done that lesson where you're talking about something and in the back of your head, you go, mm, I haven't done that in a while either, actually, but I know I should. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So the list goes 100%. on and on and on. And then Mike sent me a voice note back saying, yeah, you know, money, money makes money, but in a very different way for us than it does in, in other businesses. And it's so, so yeah. true. Like I will do the drums every day. And when I say do the drums, I'll make drum content. I'll teach, I'll um, stream, I'll record, I'll write music. I'll do it. I, that's when I'm happiest. And I'll do that day in, day out, as long as it's paying the bills. Do you know what I mean? And I think we've all totally. been there. Um, sometimes when it's not, but you still are doing those things. So I think this episode is going to help a lot of people because I think a lot of people can relate to that man. And um, yeah, and it just, it just kind of blew my mind because I think subconsciously I felt it and realized that. But when you said it out loud, I was like, mate, it's so true, man. It's so, so true. Money to me buys creative freedom. I can be very creative when I'm not stressed out about money. Yeah. When I am stressed out about money and, you know, this has been my only job for so long, then I, I basically, I panic create. So I create the things that I think will make the money or bring in new subscribers or bring in new members of the website or sell out the camps. Um, you know, I mean, imagine I put the camps out for sale they don't sell out and only, you know, we have 80 total spots. And let's say that um, 20 of them sell out. 
I, I could definitely see, I'm not above it. I would panic and be like, just so you guys know, this is a gospel chops fills camp. <laughs> Sign up now. I would panic. And it's like, but I don't want to teach that. That's not who I am. Like, um, you know, and I'd be like, and, uh, and we're going to have Italian cooking lessons. Cause that worked in Italy, you know? And, and yeah. all of a sudden you're panic creating because it's just the, it's just like how people do sales where they launch their website or their service and it doesn't go that well. And immediately they're like 50% off. I'm like, Whoa, slow down. Yeah. It just got started, man. Like you, it, it takes some time. So, you know, as soon as you're not thinking about money or thinking about rent or mortgage or car payments or whatever it is that's on your mind, all of a sudden you do feel more inspired to be like, you know what? Maybe it won't get a lot of views, but I'm going to do this. We talked about this yesterday. I put up a YouTube video and nothing could ruin the views of a video more than having the word independence in the title. <laughs> that's literally just like saying, Hey, we opened a new restaurant. It's called vitamins and vegetables. Come yeah, on. Yeah. In. Like, everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm good, dude. <laughs> Where's cake and crap. Yeah. So, um, so, it, but it's like, but I told you how stoked I was to make it. Cause I was like, man, I had a blast filming it. I loved color grading it. I loved, mm-hmm. you know, shooting new angles, all that stuff. Because I have, I'm fortunate enough to have the freedom to not be thinking about money. So as much as we all want to pretend, especially in social media, like, ah, money doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, well, you're probably doing pretty well if you can say that. Money does not buy happiness. We all know that. But it's like, ah, it buys you the freedom to chase your happiness and to chase your joy and to pursue your dreams. So that's why I always think like, hey, man, if you have like a day job that pays well, so that you can keep pursuing your dream of being a drummer. There's nothing more noble than that on our instrument. Yeah. I don't see that as like, oh, you gave in, you copped out. It's like, no, no, I hate my job, but I'll do it for the rest of my life. If it means I can have a house that has a basement with a drum room in it. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I'm with you, man. I totally get that. Yeah. So I think that the what we have discovered this year, especially with your career, is that everything we talked about during lockdown is very true, which is the best way to make a living through the instrument is by diversifying the income. So you have private lessons, one-on-ones you have, and I'm talking about you personally, you have zoom lessons. Then you have the touring with busted. That could be a function gig with another band. I bet really, really well-paid function drummers would be shocked at how close the money is to a massive arena tour with, you know, some big artist with Beyonce. Yeah, man, I, be like, I spoke about this yesterday. We get paid the same. Yeah, I honestly, I spoke about this yesterday with a guy who came here and he was like, yeah, man, I do I do this like wedding thing sometimes. No, it was a covers band. And he was okay. like, I get, I get paid 500 a show. And I was like, well, you're getting paid more than most people who are playing for like the latest Justin, the new Justin Pop Bieber. Star. Yeah, yes. I was like, you know, you're, you're doing well there, mate. So yeah. keep that up because that is great. Yeah, so you have your live income, then you have the busted, you know, session stuff. And then the goal or the hope is as you keep tweaking that studio that people can then reach out to you and say, hey, I love your playing on this album. Could you do tracks for me? And then all of a sudden you're doing, you know, whatever it is, 200 to 500 a track for other people that you've never met before. So all of a sudden, then you realize like, okay, I can make an income. And now that I can make an income, then it's this feedback loop of, well, I'm excited to show people what I'm actually doing because I'm doing stuff and I'm not inventing the fact that I'm doing stuff, you know, at, yeah. at my home. Man. And so that's when it all. And then the more you show people stuff, the more that people 
want you and you're more in demand. And like I said, it's just this feedback loop that just keeps going and going and going. But it's very hard to do that when there's nothing happening, like for so many people during lockdown, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. And and that's why I think I've said it a million times lately on this podcast, but I, I, I think it's so true. And I think teaching one-to-one is such a obtainable thing for, for a lot of drummers, you know, the most, the most difficult thing about teaching one-to-one is getting over your own insecurities and, and thinking that you can't teach because you're nowhere near as good as you would hope to be or think you should be. Like you, you say it perfectly, which is, you know, if you've got something to offer someone, then, you know, then that's a lesson, you know, as long as you're, further down that line or whatever, or you've been practicing something more than that individual, then teach, like don't get in your head thinking that you need to be Dave Weckle before you can teach someone drums. But teaching drums is so, it's so rewarding in, in a, in a money sense, really, if we're talking money, you know, being transparent, you turn up, you do your work and you get paid. And then hopefully you get paid again because you've done a good lesson and you care and you want that, that student to get better and better and better. Um, but also it's that accountability and all, all of those things and the things we're talking about now with like getting getting money coming in from this instrument in order to be inspired and motivated and even more driven. That's why I think lessons are so, so good. And I see it all the time with a lot of guys who come here. They're drum teachers themselves and they either burn out or they're doing so many lessons that they can't see out of that bubble, which is one, you're making a living from the drums. Second of all, you get to play drums every single day. Thirdly, you're helping people play drums. And then it's 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 your excuse to get better and get better and push and push totally. and push and, and see what's next. So um yeah, man, yeah. I think um yeah, it's a crazy old instrument, mate. It's a crazy, crazy old instrument. But that's yeah. what I've learned over the last sort of like, well, this year, my happiness levels from like deep down within are like sky high when I'm doing, I'm playing the drums and I'm doing things on the kit and I'm making money. I'm just like, cool. I just want to, I want to turn the tap even more and do more and more and more and create and create and create. And I bet a lot of people can relate to that. hundred percent. And that's what, you know, you and I feel about like, it takes money to make money. It has nothing to do with actually like doing something with that money, which is the way that people have always explained it takes money to make money is like, well, you're taking the money and you're investing it in the product or the branding. It's like, well, we don't, we actually leave it in the bank, but it gives us emotional freedom and emotional currency and like inspiration to be like, okay, now I'm not stressed. I'm not freaking out about my heating bill. Now I want to go make this little practice pad lesson, or I want to speak to the camera for the first time. I mean, that's something too, for people that want to eventually get paid to do this. Go through your own Instagram feed and count how many posts it's been since you looked down the barrel of a lens and spoke to the camera. Like if it's been 20 posts, that's like, well, how would anybody even know you or connect with you? You have to speak to the camera nowadays if you want to eventually be known, uh, especially for education. Uh, If it's just playing, then I think it is okay to just play constantly. But even that, like zoom the camera out a little bit. Like I see so many videos where I'm like, I don't even know anything about you. It's just your hands, you know, mm. hi-hat, snare. And mm-hmm. that can be cool for like a little artsy thing. But at some point, like, let me in a little bit. Or maybe you just speak to the camera in stories. Cool. Just let me in like one level of 
letting me know who you really are and all of that stuff can translate. Uh, For all of you guys that are listening out there, we hope that this just brings some value to your day and makes you think about yourself. That's what great podcasts do to me, at least is I'm driving. I actually, I'm listening and then I'm listening less and less and less. And then I'm on my own journey of what they're talking about. And I'm imagining it in my head. And then I just cannot wait to take action. And I hope that you guys feel exactly the same. Yeah, man. I mean, that's all we want from this podcast, really. You know, like it was really interesting to me yesterday. Like I had, like I said, I think I had five new guys come down here yesterday and I had like a a really cool guy. He was like probably in his forties from Chicago on Zoom. And at the end okay. of the lesson, he was like, love the podcast. And I was like, ah, I didn't know you listened. Like, tell me straight away. Cause then I, you know what I mean? I'll, we can talk and you're my mate. I'll be nicer to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then there was like a really cool, like younger guy from London, like who's like pursuing the session player thing. And he was like, by the way, love the podcast. And I was like, and you listen. So it's wicked, mate, because I feel like these conversations, basically this podcast is the conversations we have over voice notes. And it's, and it's so funny, man, because like we've been doing it for so long now, what coming up to three years, maybe even more. Yeah. I mean, we're on episode 143. So, wow. And it's wicked because like people have been with us, like what we're talking about in lockdown, like people were with us then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really cool, man. Maybe we should jump on Zoom and say hello to all the patrons again and see how, see how they're doing. And a little check in, a little patron check in. I like that. Yeah. I like that. We'll uh, we'll do that for sure. We'll also uh, next week we'll announce Eddie's first live streaming date on Twitch. It'd be really cool if you guys could jump on and just, even if you've never been to Twitch before, you don't have to, you don't have to like pay anything. You don't have to do anything. Just go watch and support and we can all just tune in to watch Eddie and his high flying uh, or high wire act as he tries to play Mashuga tunes. Uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. And I'm excited just to see where you take that, because I think that just like a camp, you'll do the first one. It'll be great. But you'll go home thinking, like, how could it be better? And then you'll yeah. do it again. And how could, and it'll evolve into something that will become really special. And I just think that your space online right now, it that really does kind of suit what you love about drumming and what you love about sharing with other people. And I think it could be really inspirational, not to mention, you know, with the podcast and everything else, it's easy to forget. And you can honestly, I didn't you can just turn your uh, ears <laughs> off for this because I'm going to say something nice. And I hate <laughs> doing that. Um, but you can honestly like Uh, You do so much with this podcast and everything. It's easy to forget how good you are at the drums. So I think it's important for people to see you play this instrument and be like, oh, yeah, like he's a legit badass. That's why he got called with two days notice to play with Youngblood at Reading Fest. Like it's 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 not because they're like, I dig his hair. He'll (laughs) he'll be fine. It's like, no, you can learn 12 songs in five minutes on on a cab ride to an arena. Um, yeah, please don't do that to Eddie again, anyone. Yeah, That's please, just, please give him it. two days. There's a give reason why to learn your full set. I get a fade every like three days. It's because the gray hairs are like very prominent <laughs> now, and and the gray hairs are from there. So like, I need a fade every three days just to hide that. Yeah. But yeah, man, mate, I appreciate it. But it's it's so funny, man. Like, um, just like you're saying, you know, pick up the camera and look down the barrel of the lens and talk to the camera. Like, uh, hopefully, people can relate to this as well. All the ideas in your head constantly day in day out about you know regarding I'm going to do that I'm going to talk to the camera then I'm going to play then I'm going to do this I think your brain tricks you into thinking you've done it half the time right do you know what I mean 
And like, I actually look online and, and, and I realize there's hardly any videos of me playing drums. So that's another reason why Twitch is a thing because I'm just going to play and play and play. So um, yeah, man. And from that Twitch stream, you're going to get so much content for everything else where you're like, okay, I'll put this on TikTok. I'll put this on Instagram. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be great. Uh, so everyone enjoy. We will keep you posted on Eddie's first date. I promise, even if we have to do a podcast a little earlier than a week from now, just so that we can tell you when it is, we will do that. But for now, please join the Patreon group. <laughs> Episode 143 is in the can. That was brilliant, mate. Yeah, please join uh, it. <laughs> it helps. It helps so much more than you guys know. It takes oh money God. to make money. Mate, there you go. There you go, mate. We had an ad for, what was it? Like sexual, oh my. sexual pills or whatever they were. We had, well, we've had so many more now. Like, I don't know if our podcast just recently took off, but I would say every day I'm getting offered an ad. And... We, we talked about maybe just saying yes to all of them for one episode so you guys could experience what this podcast would be like with 20 ads strung throughout about like, are you looking for real estate in New Mexico? <laughs> well, let me tell you, I got an opportunity for you. Uh, like, That's so be, bad. They're like, they're like GTA ads, like Grand Theft Auto. You're like, is this a real guy? Do you know what I mean? Like you've, you've made this up. <laughs>